My God, He was, my God, He is, my God, He's always going to be. My Savior loves, my Savior is, my Savior's always going for me. My God, He was, my God, He is, my God, He's always going to be. My Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior's always there for me. My God, He was, my God, He is, my God, He's always going to be. God, he was, my God, he is, my God, he's always going to be. Amen. Give God the glory this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's good seeing everybody this morning. We have quite a few people called in and said they couldn't make it. Some have leaky roofs. Um, Rod's got cows running everywhere. We got... The rain caused a whole lot of stuff this morning with a whole lot of people. But even with all that's going on, we have one person who's already had an accident this morning. I'm still not going to complain about the rain. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the rain. Hallelujah. But praise God. It's good to see you this morning. We got some visitors from Colorado. You, didn't, you don't get the medal, though. We got some from, uh, from uh, Danish? Denmark. From Denmark in the back back there as well. So praise the Lord. They, they, they beat you at the Colorado, David. Sorry about that. Also, they are with a, a uh, broadcasting uh, a, a radio program, and they're going to be taping the service for, for over there in Denmark as well. So if you see them in the back with the, the big microphones back there, that's Mick, Mikkel and Anna, and they are here with us this morning. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. It's good seeing you this morning. And isn't it great uh, that we can sit here this morning and know that God's here, God is wherever all those folks that couldn't make it, and Ashley's doing well. She's in the hospital still. They removed her gallbladder yesterday, but he is God there as well, all at the same time. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you that we can come before you this morning knowing that we know that we know that you are God, that you are Lord of Lords, King of Kings, that, that you are omnipotent, omniscient. You can be here, there, and everywhere all at the same time. So Father, I pray that you'll be with those that couldn't make it this morning from the rain or whatever the situations may be. And just let them know that, that you are there. Be with Chris and Julie as they couldn't be here this morning. Thank you for the praise team that steps up and even without them is willing to come and praise your name and lead us in song. Thank you for that, Lord God. And I just pray, Lord, that as we continue in this service this morning, that you will open our hearts and our ears, each one of us independently and individually, to what it is that you would have to speak, Father God, to each one of us. That each one of us would grow and become what it is you've called us to be a little bit closer by the end of this time this morning. May we truly seek your face and give you praise, honor, and glory for everything that happens here this day. And Lord, if there is someone here, whatever the reason, wherever they may be from, if they do not know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that today that that would change. God, just, just touch their heart, quicken their spirit, and let them realize they have a, they, that they need you, Father. May your will be done, and God, will give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said, it's good seeing everybody this morning. Y'all are rather quiet. It must be from the rain. But walk around a second, shake somebody. Not you, Barry. <laughs> walk around, shake somebody's hand, give them a hug and love on them. Yeah, now you can go, Barry.
Quiet, not clapping. What's going on here? Rain getting everybody to sleep or what? Okay. No, they didn't hear you. Say that again. outreaches God has used and utilizes us for reaching out to the community we have folks that come all the way from San Antonio and people say well you can't give candy out you shouldn't give candy out you're hanging a carrot out in front of people guys the world is doing it God created the candy and I think if we if God can if we can redeem that night if we can bring people here and let them have a good time in a safe atmosphere and let them have candy and such then why not amen he lets me have ribs, and that's just as much as candy to the kids. Amen? <laughs> barbecue. After barbecue and all that barbecue next door that's for the youth fundraiser in a few moments yesterday, I got home last night. I told Sherry, I don't care if I never take another bite of barbecue the rest of my life. You know, because you got to sample each one you slice, and then you got to sample the end of each one you slice to make sure the front tasted like the back. Oh, I was all barbecued up by the time I got home last night. Oh, you would have been my official taster. I'll remember you for next time. 
Yeah, seriously, as far as fall festival, guys, it, it is coming. You may say, well, that's still a month away, over a month away is now when we need to start praying about it too. So not only bring the candy, if you're at Walmart, something like that, grab a bag of candy, it's time to start stocking pile, stockpiling that up. But also to be praying, be praying that we will be the witness that God has called us to be to share the gospel. If we're, if we're having Fall Fest just to have it, if we're doing it just off an agenda, if we're doing it to punch a card or out of obligation, we're doing it for all the wrong reasons. If we are presenting that night back to the community as a night that God can be glorified and, and orchestrate that his people loves them, then they will want to come back and they will want to hear, who is this God that you all have been presenting? So please be in prayer that we will be what God's called us to be and that we will have, uh, Satan tried real hard to keep us from continuing everything since that tragic day we are still doing what god's calling us to do and there's no reason to trip up and stop now amen so keep that in prayer amen so as i, I, I alluded to right after services today is the youth group fundraiser if you have not already bought tickets now someone mentioned to me well people are going to think that we're selling dinners now at church Everything's always free. It's just today is a youth fundraiser that helps with the camps coming up in the summer. That's why the youth have been selling tickets. That's why some of them, are, there's quite a few people over there getting things ready right now. Uh, this is a fundraiser for the youth. Now, if you would like to help support the youth and you haven't already bought a ticket, then get with one of the youth and grab one after the service and we'll be next door. That being said, also, there was supposed to be a staff meeting today. We are going to postpone that with Chris and Julie and others not being able to be here this morning. I uh, think that we need to postpone that to later in the week. So if you're planning on staying for staff meeting, we are going to, I'll get back in touch with you as to when we're going to move that to. Uh, also, to, I wrote it, oh, there it is. There is a black Mitsubishi Montero. Is that, is that what you said, Pat? Somebody driving a black Mitsubishi, pardon? Black Mitsubishi Montero's got their lights on outside. So if you don't want to be jumped off, Emerald, that's the woman's job. You stay on him about those things. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Okay, yes, I, li I like Pam's idea better. Okay, one more announcement before Daryl comes up. Oxana is going to come up and share with you right now. Yeah, we have Sunday night service tonight. We are studying on angels. Absolutely. Good morning. Christmas will be sooner when we think of And I'm inviting you, as we were preparing for the Christmas, we usually go thinking flavorful gold and family. What will give to the family? What will give to the friends? And now, stop and think, what will you give to Jesus? What kind of gift you will prepare to him? Number one, please give your heart. If you already did this step, take next step, second step. I'm inviting you to join us in the Christmas choir to tell everybody about Jesus, why he came. Through the month of November, I will lead study primary for children on salvation and first Christmas. Through months of December, we will practice make our choir practice. I'm inviting you for Christmas Eve, bring your uh, family, friends, neighbor, invite for the Christmas study, invite for the Christmas choir. I'm looking forward to see all of you. Absolutely all ages are welcome. Thank you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I want to be a part of that, that Christmas uh, 
orchestration that she put together in choir, get with Oksana, and uh, kids are going to be in there. But she, when she first came to me with the idea, it was a, a kids' presentation, but she said, no, everybody's welcome. All ages can sing in this Christmas choir that we'll be presenting uh, Candlelight Service Christmas Eve. So get with Oksana if you'd like to be a part of that. They're going to start up in November, right? November. We'll have a couple more announcements about that as well. Harold, come on up, brother. You are up for scripture reading today.
Amen. Amen. I still don't know about a guy who wears a flannel shirt in the summer of South Texas, but we'll go with it. I'm always cold. <laughs> I was giving him a hard time about that earlier. Finally. Finally. All right, if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. And I have to say, guys, that as we share the message this morning, what God's laid on my heart, this is rather passionate to me uh, to share with you today. Just one, I didn't think that in the 21st century I still had to have this conversation per se, but then it happened in three different areas this past week. Three different times I've had a conversation about this. Now, I was just flabbergasted, and as I was praying about it, uh, in fact, David came into my office late one evening, and I was in there, and I told him, I said, I can't quit. I got, you know, things are just coming. Things are just rolling here. But I'd like to share with us this morning something that I feel as though is a, uh, how God would like to, what is the vision, if you will, of God upon his church, upon his body? What is, what is the body of believers look like to Christ? And so I would like us to start off, first of all, just think in your head, just kind of take your mind to a different place a little bit and think about someone you used to, or someone who, for whatever the reason may be, that you have tried to avoid. Whatever the cost may have been, someone uh, you, you just wanted to avoid them. Maybe it was back, all the way back in high school. Maybe it was back in college. Maybe it's somebody right now you don't have to go back that far it's somebody that you're thinking of right now today some a group of people an individual whatever it may be but the thought of being around that person just just gives you the chills i want you to think about that person for just a second maybe it's somebody that everybody else doesn't like to go and and interact with as well and that's kind of feeds that fuel that fuels that fire if you will why you don't want to be there around them either there was people like that in Scripture, and they, they were what was called lepers. They had leprosy. Now, a person who has leprosy has all kinds of things going on in their life. Le leprosy was pretty much a death sentence. It was a death sentence, and, and, and especially in biblical times. It was thousands of years away before there was any kind of cure. So when you had leprosy, the results was this disfigurement, and usually would lead on to death. Leprosy was a, a harsh, and is a harsh, not as much any longer, but leprosy is a harsh disease, is an infectious disease. It's spread by contact with droplets from either the mouth or the nose or something like that of one of these people. And for that reason, everyone else would stay away. Just touching a person with leprosy could possibly bring you in contact with the disease and you would become a leper. Now, remember, how's, what is leprosy? Let me just kind of explain it just a little bit. Leprosy attacks the skin, it, 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 the peripheral nerves. And what happens is you can lose a limb or something because you may get cut or step on something or even break a bone, they say, and they don't feel it because the peripheral nerves are deadened because of leprosy. Well, you get this cut or whatever it may be, and because you don't even realize it, you don't treat it, it gets infectious, it gets gangrene, and before you know it, you're losing appendages and you're losing things off your body. And your body is, your skin is just basically in fire, on fire and is kind of like melting. It is a horrible, horrible disease. And in that day, because there was no cure as of yet, Nobody wanted that disease, so lepers were really pushed to the backside. They were, they were just despised. They were not tolerated. They, they, nobody wanted to be around a leper. 
Now, as bad as the physical effects of leprosy are, I want us to think for just a moment about the social effects of that. Think about it for just a second, because it, it would have been even worse in many ways. When people came down with leprosy, they were banished from the city. Everything they know, had known, their family, everyone, they were pushed to the side. They were made to, forced to live outside the city gates with the rest of the lepers. Go and be with your kind. And if they did have to come into the city for some reason, if they did have to come where there was other people, they had to cover themselves up head to foot. And, and as they walked, they had to keep hollering, unclean, unclean, stay away from me so people could avoid them. They had to come in and, and, and be this outcast, totally wrapped up. They were totally quarantined from the rest of the population. They were stigmatized and were called an outcast. They were pushed to the side. Families were torn apart, lives broken in despair because somebody got this disease. You're my son, you're my daughter, you're my husband, you're, you're, you're my wife, you're whatever it may be, but you have this disease, you are now an outcast. You need to get away from us. They were unceremoniously, uh, they were ceremonially unclean. In other words, they couldn't even go and worship anymore. They couldn't go to the synagogues. They couldn't go to the tabernacles. They, they couldn't go to the church of new believers. They were completely and totally ostracized. Even the church would say, no, you're not welcome here. You need to stay out there. You need to go be with your kind. Leprosy was, being, was viewed as being a, a representative of sin. They would look at him and say, no. Whatever sin you did, whatever you uh, happened in your life for God to allow you to come down with this, it must have been horribly bad. And so they were just assumed to have a life of sin about them. You got leprosy? Oh, yeah, it, it, you must have done something horribly bad. This was a horrible thing, folks. And, and I'm sure that when they were ostracized from their family, when they were ostracized from society, when they were ostracized from the church, when they were pushed to go outside, I can't help but think that most of them probably wondered if God had abandoned them, that God had forsaken them by, by allowing them to come down with this disease. Because everything they knew, everyone that they could reach out to, every time they tried to ask for help, people would just say, oh, you're unclean. You need to get out of here. You're infected with some kind of condition. And everyone they would go to would reject them. Even their family would avoid them. Condemned to a, a, a future they could not bear because of something they didn't have anything to do with. Now, that being said, that, that was that leper. But now let's add a little modern twist to this. You see, many who go to churches throughout this land this Sunday morning, throughout the world really, feel the same way. They may not have leprosy, but they have something where the, there's people oftentimes within the church wants to ostracize them. They want to cast them out. It, oftentimes divorced people have this feeling or alcoholics or we, we tend to keep our distance from those who are severely depressed or terminally ill. Oh, well, you know, yeah, uh, he's got that thing going on. And we move away from that. We, we, we shy away from those people who are struggling with addictions of whatever sort they may be. Or maybe they're trapped in an alternate lifestyle. Whatever you want to put out here, and those people are trying to seek a deeper meaning, who are we as a church when we start saying, oh yeah, we're going to stay away from these people? Where are we when we start trying to push them to the side? Oftentimes these people 
uh, want help, but rather than seek help, rather than go to the church and ask, rather than go and try to find this God that we speak about, they, re they, they, re they, they just pull back. They retreat because they don't want all the rejection. They don't want the hurt that comes from a lot of folks who call themselves Christians. They say, oh yeah, they're a Christian. They wear their cross and they talk about God. But when I go to talk to them, they just put their arm out and hold me at 10 foot away. And they never get to hear what it is that God wants to share with them. Why? Not because God didn't speak it, but because the people who claim to be the people of God chose to stick their arm out. And so many are being ostracized from their homes, from their families, from society, and even from the church today because we don't want to interact with that. Might be that homeless person. How many times do we see that homeless person that's maybe down... You know, their economic situation has just really just, just gone south. And they've been laid off. And in spite of their best efforts, they're, they're doing everything they can, but they're still a homeless person. How many people just walk by and say, well, you, you're just a bum. Get a job. Folks, we as the church should be reaching a handout. Now, I'm not talking about the, the, the lazy people who are not willing to work. I think everybody knows where I stand on that. But those that for no reason of their own are now just trying to survive, they find themselves on the streets and they're, they're trying to put together, scrape together something for, for their, their family, their kids or their wives. They're just trying to make ends meet. And rather than the, the church coming in saying, I want to help you, how much more debilitating will it be to them to have someone who's wearing a cross and a Christian t-shirt walk up and say, you need to get a job. But how often do we do that? In here in church on Sunday morning, oh, I would never do that, Pastor. Really? I hope that's true, but how many of us continue to do so? Maybe it's that, that guy or girl in school who, who's not as pretty as everyone else or not as handsome as everyone else or that people are calling him a geek or, or a nerd and everybody's avoiding him, so I'm going to avoid him also. Folks, I'm going to tell you this morning that when Jesus said whomsoever, he meant whomsoever. doesn't matter what they look like or what their economic condition is. When he said that his gospel message, the good news, was to be presented to the highways and the byways to everybody, he meant everybody. Amen. Whomsoever means that anyone who has breath in their body that chooses to look and accept Jesus Christ can have salvation. Well, they're covered in tattoos. They got so many piercings all over them. They, 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 you know, Brother David was talking about JV. Well, JV used to say they look like they fell face first into a tackle box. It doesn't matter. Their heart and their spirit it's still open to the call of Christ. And if we, as the church, that are supposed to be the hands and feet of Christ, choose not to share the call upon their life, if we choose not to share the gospel message, if you remember several weeks back, I preached about Ezekiel 32, it says that God says that they will stand accountable for their decisions, but their blood is on your hands. Right, oh, but pastor, they, you know, they smell bad. They do this, they do that. That's that 21st century leper, folks. That's what a 21st century leper looks like. The, the social outcasts of the world. Those who have been pushed to the side. We have quarantined them from our world. Now, I'm, I'm choosing those words specifically when I say our world. Because sometimes the world will go ahead and wrap their arms around them. It's we within our little church group that says that they're not welcome. Well, they, in our little church group, well, uh, you know, why would we want people like that in here? It's not about what we want. What does God want? Amen. God's word, God came not for...
his own and trying to make it in life the best way he could. But all of a sudden he realized this Messiah, this, this rabbi that claimed to be the son of Christ, this man cared. I'm not alone anymore. How many today are struggling with loneliness when all we would have to do maybe is pick up the phone a couple minutes a day? Now I know I don't call them phone or y'all throw phones at me. But I text a lot. And I text people, let them know, I'm praying for you, I'm thinking about you. Guys, every one of us can do that. To let them know, you're not alone. I do care about you. Jesus cares about you. Folks, when these people come into our presence, we shouldn't push them away. We should put our hands upon them and say, we love you. This man realized he was no longer an outcast. At least not as far as Jesus was concerned. Now, the religious people, yeah, they were still treating him as such. But Jesus said, no, I am willing. And then give you the feeling of, of being accepted. Maybe you've been the last one picked for a, a, on a team for a ball game or something. Whatever it is, there's somewhere where you've been the outcast. And how did you feel? I've been accepted. Folks, when there, when those kind, when there are people who come that, that the world tends to categorize and push to the sides and, and try to point fingers and, and things that, the church should not be here. The, the, the church should not do that. The church should be stepping up and be in the hands and feet of Christ and reaching out and say, I, I, I care about you. I want to know about you. I want to shake your hand. Folks, the sense of touch, just shaking somebody's hand, putting your arm around their shoulder, giving them a hug and saying, you're welcome here. That will make a world of difference when we will just reach out and touch that individual and let them know we care. That means a monumental amount of, of emotion to them. I have been accepted. And folks, I'm going to share with you that if Christ accepted that leper then, he would accept the 21st century lepers of today. If he would accept the outcast then and reach out and touch him, he would reach out and touch that person today. Well, you don't understand. They come from an alternate lifestyle. You're not in it, so what's the matter with it to you? Reach out and let them know Christ loves them. Oh, but they, they, they've been to all them tattoo parlors. They got all this stuff. They got all this baggage. I'm not asking you to carry their baggage. I'm telling you to reach out and grab their hand and say it's good to see you in God's house today. Amen. I'm saying to put your arms around, amen. I'm saying put your arms around them and let them know it's good to see you here today. It's good to see you in God's house. And I just praise God for you that you have chosen to come and hear the word of the Lord. Folks, I know that I have shortcomings. I know I, have, I, I fall short. And there's mistakes in my past. But yet you still allow me to come up here and preach the gospel on Sunday mornings. And if God chose to allow me to step up before you with all my shortcomings, all my failures, all my sins, then why in the world would we reject someone else from coming into God's house? If Christ was willing to reach out and say, I am willing, and touched them and said, now you're healed. If God was willing to touch that leper then, he's willing to do so now. And how much more would it mean if we were a part of that? How great that would be to be a part of his ministry. When somebody comes in, just look them in the eye and put your arm around and say, we love you. I'm glad you're here. They're going to say, man, I'm no longer an outcast. Now, if I, if I come up to you and I put my arm around you and say, I'm not calling you an outcast. Just, just so you know. But why aren't we doing that? Why, are, why is the church today making stipulations on who can and cannot come? Why is the church today saying, well, that kind, you know, we, we don't, 
We, we don't serve that kind here. Folks, if we are a church of Jesus Christ, then all kinds are welcome. It doesn't matter what your predetermined ideology may be about this lifestyle or this look or that cosmetic appeal or whatever it may be. Christ said that all are welcome. Each and every one of us. And if one of them is excluded, then I would say every one of us should be excluded. You may say, well, my sin's not like their sin, but to God, sin is sin is sin, and it does not matter. If we ever become a church that starts picking and choosing who is allowed to come in its front doors, I pray that that's the church that I'm leaving at that point. Because that says that Christ isn't at the head of it anymore. When that man came and kneeled down or, or stepped up to Christ, he, he, he just looked to the Lord. I, I, I'm sure he expected to be turned away. Because he said, if you are willing, Christ didn't hesitate. Reached out, touched him, I am willing. Folks need to understand that about us as well. And I'm not saying pity. There's a difference between pity and compassion. Pity means that, that, that we, we feel bad for their suffering. Compassion is, yeah, I, I feel bad about these things that are going on, but what can I do about it? How can I share the gospel of Christ? How can I share the love of Christ with you? Jesus said, I am willing to do this. We as a church body, if we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus, we should be willing to step out. Jesus said, I am willing. Folks, Christ is still willing. And if Christ is living within you, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it says that you have become a new creation. Christ now dwells within you. If you are truly willing Christ already is. If you will get out of the way, Christ will reach out your hand and shake the hand of that young lady or that young man. When we get out of the way and let Christ, Christ says, I am willing. Now, we may not be able to, to send money. We may not be able to do tangible things, but we can always pray for people. We can always let them know that you're welcome here. That, you, hey, I, w w come on in. We'll pray with you. We'll share the scriptures with you. And, and, and I'll do what I can to help you here. But no way, no how, shall we leave them locked outside. In no fashion. Jesus saw the person behind the need. Folks, we so often just look at the outside. We look at the, the cosmetics. We look at the problem. We look at the addiction. And we make our presuppositions off the addiction or the sin or the problem. God saw right through. the. He didn't say nothing about the leprosy. He looked at the man that was there before him and said, I am willing I choose to treat you just as I would treat anyone else. You're healed. He didn't see a disease that, 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 that needed to be cured, although that would have been enough. Jesus saw a person created in God's image, created in, in, in God's name, a person whom God had plans for, for, a person whom God had designed a life for, a person, as Daryl just shared, that has been given gifts to go out and, and contribute to society and grow the kingdom of God. When Jesus looked, he saw a person who had potential to do great things. But as long as he was locked out as an outcast, he would never acknowledge it. But Jesus saw that here is a person that I would die for. So that he can fulfill the goals that God has given him. Folks, if my Lord sees that person, whomever it is in your mind that you think needs to be outcast or ostracized. If my, person, if my Lord says that that person is worthy of him dying for, then who in the world are we to step in the way and impede that? 
everyone, everyone is welcome here. God, God, God sees someone he loves so much that he sent his son to die for them. No matter who or what you may put a name to that, that's who God desires. A person that he loves every bit as much as he loves you. And he loves me. And then notice what else Jesus did. He pointed him to the Father. He said, now go to the church. Tell them what's going on. Tell them that, that, that you have been healed. Today, leprosy is curable. And, and, and thanks to the hard work of scientists and, and God-given brains and talent and all that kind of stuff, the, the, the disease of leprosy is nowhere near as prevalent as it used to be. There is still leprosy in the world, but it's not like it used to be. But I would say the social injustice and the social outcasts, the social lepers, we're building them every day, every time we let our own ideology start planning who and what people are. And those are the people that Jesus has told us to go and make disciples and baptize. We are to go and let them know that they are welcome here. That they, it doesn't matter that they don't have the right clothes possibly. Come in. It is our job to, to catch them and God cleans them up, not ours. We are to go and share the gospel. I, 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 remember when I speak from up here, if I say things and, and it touches you personally, please understand I'm not picking on or pointing out anyone. But I was, many of you know there's a homosexual couple that I've been trying to get to church and somebody really, really tried to chew me up one side and down the other. And I'm going to say it right now, guys. If that couple walks through that door, to me, they're just as welcome as anybody else that comes through that door. They need to hear the gospel message. They need to hear that gospel message. How can we expect and, and, and think of people getting out of the lifestyles and the sins that they're in if we don't ever introduce them to Christ who leads them out? If we continually rely upon our own understanding, our own understanding is going to lead us astray. And just as the, them people, if we continue to make them go by their own understanding, how in the world do we ever expect them to act like a Christian if they've never seen a real one? Folks, this passage of scripture, when that man came down, he was a social outcast. But Jesus said, I care. And I love you. It takes Jesus living in us and through us to be able to be that person. Some of us have some big obstacles to overcome. But some of us just have a hard time dealing with people who have tattoos or, or, or you know, that unwed mother or whatever it may be. We have some huge obstacles we have to overcome. But the key word there is we have to overcome those. God already has. And if we will get out of the way and let Christ work through us, then we will be the hands and feet that send out the love and send out the grace and send out the mercy and let them know that you're welcome here. And as they listen to the word and the word of God moves in their life and they then choose, you know, I... I, I do want to be a part of this. And they turn to Christ. It's not about this church. It's about Christ. Every one of us should be about sharing the gospel message. Not this building. We should be sharing the cause of Christ. We should be sharing the love of Christ. We be, should be sharing, as it says in the book of Romans, anyone who believes that I am the son of God and that I rose again on the third day. 
so shall they be saved. Folks, we need to understand that we are to share the gospel and it, that we are not to put qualifiers on who gets to hear it. We are to share the gospel with everyone that God puts in front of us. Amen. And in so doing, let God then work on their heart. It's not my job. I'm to love them. I'm to reach out and let them know they're welcome. And I am to share the gospel. And hallelujah, when I do that, I can go home at night and not lay there and fret about, oh, I can't believe that guy tried to come to our church. You know what I do? I'll go home and lay down at night and say, thank you, Jesus. There's another one you're working on. Amen. There's another one you're reaching out to. Hallelujah. Amen. Folks, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Christ. Amen. And if Christ, even though the crowd was in a, in a hush, if Christ said, I am willing, then that same Christ abides in you. And you know what? He doesn't change. He is willing. It is you or I that tend to get in the way. Now this morning, whoever that person was at the beginning of the message, I said, think of that one individual. The next question I would ask you is, how would you respond to that person now? And is it how Jesus would respond to that person? Whatever that group of people is, the homeless, the addicted, the alternate lifestyle, those who wear the, the, the you know, we might say weird clothes to them, that your clothes are weird. Not that that flannel shirt's weird, Brody, but... <laughs> <laughs> You're waiting for it. Unpredictable. Guys, what would Jesus do? I know that's a cliche now, but it shouldn't be. What would Jesus do? Now that the issues come up in front of you and you can look at it in a different light, you need to stop and ask, what would Jesus have me to do? We need to be real careful when we start assessing whom we think should and should not be in church. If we catch ourselves thinking, well, that, what, what is that guy doing here? What is that girl coming here for? If those words even cross your mind, you don't have to come out to your lips. If it crosses your mind, you need to stop and ask Jesus, Father, forgive me. Folks, our duty is to do whatever it takes to communicate to the people who come to this property or around this property or whoever to communicate to them that they have value in the eyes of God and they have value in our eyes and that they are welcome. If we are truly going to be the hands and feet of Jesus, then people need to know that we love them, that we care about them. Why? Because Jesus cares about them. I was sharing with Lisa just a couple of weeks ago a song that I wish I could play, but I can't because it's got some ugly words in it. But, it, but it's just about that. Who are we? Have you walked a mile in their shoes? Until you do, you need to reserve your, your ideology to yourself. Where are you this morning, guys? Jesus reached down and he touched him. He, he let the light of the Father shine through him and touch that social outcast. And I would share with you this morning that he's wanting to do the same thing today through us. Now you can't do that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can't let the light of God shine from you if it's not in you. And you may be here this morning and say, you know, I've been coming to church. I've gone to churches before. They always judge me about this or they judge me about that. I'm telling you that my God loves you as you are. 
and he will take you and he'll mold you and he'll clean you. And guys, I'll be honest with you, I am nowhere near what the finished product is. Praise God, he's still working on me every day. My wife's next door helping with the lunch stuff or she'd be here amen in the loudest probably. But praise God, he's still working on me. He's still working on you. And whomever that person is you thought wasn't allowed to come in church, God's going to work on them as well. You can be with him or you can be against him. But as for me, I would think that you would choose to be with he who created the heavens and the earth and chose to die in your stead. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he said, whomsoever believes in him. If you will profess that with your mouth, you believe it in your heart, profess it with your mouth. For there is no, no, no repentance of sin, no remittance of sin without the shedding of blood. But our Lord and Savior shed his blood on the cross of Calvary as our propitiation, as our, in, in our stead. And he said, whomsoever believes in me and professes before men, so shall I profess before the Father you're here today and for whatever reason you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, you can do that today. I don't care if you've been in church for a hundred years, nine months before you ever saw daylight, doesn't matter. If you're here today and God's calling you to step out and accept him as your Lord and Savior for the first time, now's the time to do it. This altar will be open. I'll pray with you and pray where you're at. But I would also submit this to you. If you do know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are here this morning, you've claimed him, you've, you, you've allowed him to become Lord of your life, understand that that four-letter word, Lord with a capital L, means that you turn over all things to him, that you are going to take all things to him and ask. When that person comes up to you, that in your mind or in the way you were raised or whatever it is, and you think that person doesn't need to be here, that's a thought you need to give over to his lordship because his lordship is going to say, I am willing and have you shake that person's hand. Where are you this morning? If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's time to quit putting qualifiers on who can and cannot come and start being the hands and feet of Jesus and go into the highways and the byways and be what God's called you to be. There's many examples. When Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman, you know, I could just keep spitting things out here. The outcast was God's incast. He said, I came to heal the sick, not the well. Where are you this morning? If you don't know Jesus, this altar will be open. If you do, maybe now's the time you need to lay down those prejudices. Maybe it's because of the color of somebody's skin. Maybe it's their economic condition. Maybe it's their educational level. Whatever it is, understand that as long as there's breath in someone's body, they have the capability to coming to know Christ. And God loves them just as much as he loves you and me. And it's not for us to choose. It's Christ. Let's all stand. I want to lead us in a word of prayer. This altar will be open if you'd like to come down and pray. If you, if you need me to pray with you, I'd love to. Can I share something? Absolutely. For, but whatever it is God's laying on your heart this morning, will you follow through? Now before I pray, Brody would like to share something with you. So basically the whole time he was talking... Hold on. Can you turn his mic on? Go ahead. Um, so the whole message, I just kept coming back to. As Christians, 
everybody may think that we all have it figured out and everything's great, but it's not. But we serve God who's in control. And uh, I just felt like when you place this verse on my heart, like somebody needed to hear it. So it's uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. It says, this time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer from Christ. But when I'm weak, I'm strong. So, like I said, we have the opportunity to go out and change the world. It doesn't matter if we're weak or not for something because we serve a God who's stronger than anything we want to So it's just us, it's up to us to be willing to go out and change the world. Amen. And maybe your weakness is the dealing with the fault or the color or whatever the prejudice it may be. Give that to God and in your weakness, he, you're made strong for Him. He will shine the brightest. If somebody knows you're a uh, have a tendency to lead to being the prejudiced person towards this group of people or that, and yet they see you all of a sudden reaching your hand out and accepting that, they're going to say, man, how are you doing that? And you can say, I, I can't, but through Christ Jesus who strengthens you, I can do all things. And God gets the glory. Amen. Pray you this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, thank you for this opportunity we have to to gather in your house and to praise your name. And I just ask, Lord, that you would just give us the, the wherewithal to comprehend and to understand that you came for each and every one of us. Every living soul on this planet has the capability to accept you. But once that breath is taken from their body, once that life is done, it's appointed on man wants to die and then to face the judgment. God, you've given us the opportunity to go and reach them before that time. May we not put qualifiers on that, but may we truly go and try to reach everyone we can. Young and old, black and white, rich and poor, may your name be glorified. And Lord, if there is someone here today that does not know you, may you reach into their spirit, speak to their heart, and let them know that you care, that you love them, that you're moving amongst them, and that, they, that you are going to work with them if they will work with you. Let them see that you and your grace and your mercy is all sufficient. As my brother Brody just shared, Lord, as Paul shared to those Corinthians, your grace is enough. Father, may your will be done, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we sing this morning, if God's working in your heart, you may tell you to pray right where you're at, or maybe you just want to sing hallelujah this morning. Sing hallelujah. But do what the Lord's leading you to do today. And don't leave out of here with any presuppositions as to who's welcome. We're all welcome in God's house. Amen? Amen. As we sing.
That's the way God is, and that means God's ruling and reigning in your life. Hallelujah. Well, maybe not reigning. You still got to work on that, maybe. But he's there. But if that, this sermon this morning touched something, rather than get angry with me, why not get on your knees and pray with God about it? Amen? Amen. Amen. Good seeing everybody this morning. Michael, it's good to see you after surgery and back surgery. You're up pretty quick, brother. Amen. It's good to see you this morning. Hallelujah is right. Praise God. It's good seeing it. Yeah, amen. Give God the glory. 
Everybody that's here, look at these empty seats. Tell them you braved the weather. Where were they at today? You know, go make some phone calls. Remember, we got the, the uh, barbecue fundraiser next door. Are right, you coming? Tell me something. Yeah. Okay, if you already have a ticket, she says, you get in line first, and then those that don't have tickets will be at the end getting the, the tickets that are left. Is that it? All right. Man, I never get out with one sentence like that. That's good. <laughs> good seeing everybody this morning. Praise the Lord. Oh, and, and then this evening, Bible studies at 6 o'clock. So everybody's welcome to come to that as well. Good seeing everybody this morning. Thank you for braving the weather to come out. Take this message, share it in the highways and the byways. And just let everybody know that they are welcome in God's house. Amen? Amen. Kind of put him on the spot. But Pastor Gail, will you close us in prayer this morning, brother? Amen. Amen.